Nuggets. Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story this week is entertainment news. This story comes from Kotaku.com. Competitive virtual farming is getting its own esports league. What? You mean like Farmville, like that type of virtual not farming? Not that kind like... of, not exactly that. Uh, <laughs> what is virtual farming? So have you, have you ever heard of the farming simulator games? Oh, yeah. They're like these, they're these really realistic farming simulators where oh. like you have like real farm equipment. Okay. And the controls as, they try to make it control as close to the actual real life equipment as possible. That's cool. I've never so, played one of those, but I, I have seen them. I haven't either, but I have watched them before and they're, they're really interesting because the whole point is that it's supposed to be as similar to real farming as possible in a game for some reason. <laughs> but uh, okay. the story, after making the farming simulator games for over a decade, the Swiss game studio Giants Software announced it's decided to make the series into a full-blown esport by committing 250,000 euros or approximately $284,000 in prize money to the establishment of a farming simulator league. Um so wow. you've seen like competitive gaming and stuff before. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I think Fortnite's probably one of the bigger ones right now. And I've um, never watched that one specifically, but yeah. Uh, Overwatch and that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um, so teams of three will compete to see who can be the best at things like stacking bales of hay <laughs> in the, uh, in the game. Uh, the farming simulator series tries to replicate farm life as accurately as possible with a special focus on the machinery and tools involved. And uh, you know how like sports games have like a new version every year where they have like new players and yeah, the, yeah. the teams. Uh, annual versions of farming simulator sport an ever larger list of tractors and power tools that you can manipulate in the game to grow and harvest crops. So they like actually update it with like new like actual farming equipment. <laughs> wow. And uh, every year they have a new <laughs> version. Um, in a 2018 championship event at FarmCon, an annual meetup for farming simulator fans, which apparently exists, <laughs> uh, p- players competed to see who could most quickly grab bales of hay scattered across a field using forklifts and stack them on a platform. So like, like in the game? That was, yeah, so in the game. So that was one of the actual competitive wow. events that they had. Um, but unlike last year's events, uh, Giant Software said in a press release that the new Farming Simulator League will be built around teams of three and will challenge them with competing across a number of different farming-based tasks. They didn't get any more specific than that, but there's a ton of stuff that happens on a farm, so who knows what it'll be. And uh, wow. the CEO of the company said that the plan is to have teams backed by farm tech manufacturers, so their actual sponsors, <laughs> sponsors will be like John Deere or like... I don't know two That's farming awesome. technology I only know John Deere as well. <laughs> yeah, but I thought that was so funny. Wow. <laughs> Virtual that, I'm farming just, I'm as, just a, reflecting as a on sport. This, like, I almost considered calling this sports news, but that's, that seemed I a mean, little off. <laughs> I, I, like when you first said sports with farming, the only thing that I could think of was like, how much corn can you grow or something like that? But like, it sounds like it's not that kind of thing. It's actually right. like other fun things. Like maybe there's like horse and barrel things or something. Yeah. I don't I mean, know exactly really what you can related, do in the, what you can do in the game. And I, I imagine yeah. like the actual crop growing and stuff isn't like real time. Like you don't have to wait yeah, months in real, <laughs> in real life for your corn to grow. <laughs> 
It's actually synced with like the real seasons of where you live. So like <laughs> if you if you buy the game in summertime, it's like too late. You can't even plant anything. You <laughs> oh wait. shoot! This is whole gro- growing season. You just have to drive your tractor around in a circle. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh. Okay, my first story is a space news follow up, which. This is a follow-up to the story about the eclipse, which I, for some reason, didn't call space news in last week's episode. But <laughs> is that it was the whole space point news. of the follow-up is so you can correct that? Yes. <laughs> no, also it's funny. But yeah. um, So I'm just reporting now on two interesting and unfortunate events that happened to Floridians during the eclipse on Sunday. <laughs> so these both took place in Florida. Yep. Uh, so the first one, uh, spectators who were watching the super blood moon at a beach in Florida seemingly didn't realize their car was getting swept away by the tide. (laughs) This is from foxnews.com. The moon gazers were at uh, Ponte Vedra Beach late Sunday to watch the rare celestial event. Um, And their Honda CRV was pulled into the ocean and then it was pulled out on Monday. They were able to retrieve it back. Oh, okay. The tide, like, got their car and, like, they didn't know. (laughs) They're just so distracted just by like, that beautiful moon. I guess they moon. just like parked it like on the beach. I guess. So I didn't know that was a thing that people usually like did. But okay, I don't know. So that happened. And then the second one from uh, usnews.com. A Florida police department says one of its officers ran over two people who Whoa. were lying. It's okay. They're okay. Oh, okay. who were lying in a road to watch Sunday night's <laughs> lunar eclipse. Okay, that's on that. <laughs> uh, West Palm Beach police told the Palm Beach Post in a statement the officer was patrolling a local park quote, at the height of the eclipse around 11.30 p.m. when his Ford Explorer struck a man and a woman lying in the dark roadway. Uh, The officer was reportedly driving around at five miles per hour when he struck the pair. They were treated at a hospital for non-life-threatening injuries, the department said. Uh, The man and the woman were both 24 years old and reportedly lived nearby. Police said they believed the pair was trying to watch and photograph the super blood moon. Uh, eclipse because the park was extremely dark. <laughs> Why didn't they move like a Into few feet? Into the grass? <laughs> yeah, I a few feet know. to the I left or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is a good question. The moon would have still been visible. I promise. I don't know. But yeah, and his car was going five miles per hour and apparently that was still fast enough that they couldn't I was gonna realize say, it was coming again. Surely, he, like, unless he didn't have his lights on, they would have seen that coming, right? Yeah, I doubt he didn't have his lights on. That, although that wasn't specified. If he was driving without his lights on, that would have been like equally strange and not a good idea. But right. I doubt that that was the case. <laughs> was he driving an old Prius before? Like they had the the sound effects when you were going below a certain speed, so just like a silent <laughs> approach of this car. I just don't understand how um, you wouldn't notice it. Uh, I think it specifically says he had a Ford Explorer. Oh, yeah. So, you did say that. So it's definitely not um, a Prius. And also, I don't think any they should have seen have been his cars. car. They should have seen his yeah, car. Yeah, they really should have seen and heard probably. Yeah. So that was interesting. So, That's, yeah. So next time there's an eclipse, be safe out there. Don't lay, don't in, don't lay, lay in, in the road, road or park your car near or the ocean. Or park your car in the ocean and not pay attention to what's happening with the water. This has been a PSA from your friends at Nick News. My next story is food news. This comes from BuzzFeed News. Uh, Purdue recalls 68,000 pounds of gluten-free chicken nuggets after people found wood in them. No! Wait, <laughs> like wood chips Like or wood. Oh. Yeah, like chips of wood. Um, 
Purdue Foods is recalling approximately 68,000 pounds of gluten-free nut chicken nuggets that, uh, quote, may be contaminated with extraneous materials, specifically wood, end quote, the USDA Food Safety and Inspection Service announced on Thursday. The recall comes after three complaints were made by consumers who found bits of wood in the nuggets. The product in question is Purdue Simply Smart Organics Breaded Chicken Nuggets Gluten-Free. So not that smart, apparently, which you'll find in the frozen food aisle. The ready-to-eat nuggets come in 22-ounce bags, and the recalled ones would have a best-by date of uh, October 25th, 2019. Um, and there's more identifying information in the article, like serial numbers and that kind of thing, um, if you're really concerned that you might have bought some wood chips in chicken nuggets. <laughs> uh, uh, there haven't been any reports of adverse reactions from people who ate the chicken nuggets containing wood. They're, they're all fine. They just happened to notice that there was wood in them. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I <laughs> thought this was pretty funny. The article says, fortunately, there are plenty of other wood-free chicken nuggets to choose from at the grocery store or a fast food drive-thru if you really need your fix. <laughs> so Okay. You, <laughs> it's just these that are affected. You don't really need to worry. You don't need to stop eating chicken nuggets. Okay, that's good. I always wonder how these things happen. Like, do they have just like some <laughs> giant vat of some of like breading or something, and like it's being like churned and like and somebody a piece would, of wood falls right. into it, and then all of a sudden, like the next like ten thousand batches of the chicken nuggets have that. Like, how does that happen? You know, or there's I don't just like a bag of mulch sitting next to it, and somebody accidentally <laughs> kicks it in. <laughs> Someone, someone's like cleaning or something and they just like hit they hit it with their arm and they don't see it it's like pouring mulch into the (laughs) that's how it'd go down Uh, on like the simpsons or something yeah oh yeah definitely cartoonish okay my next story is science news this is from asianscientist.com scientists from south korea and the u.s have developed uh working together i believe have developed a system that produces electricity and hydrogen while eliminating carbon dioxide. That sounds like ideal. from the air. Sounds kind of perfect, actually. Yeah. Uh, they recently published their technique in the journal iScience. In the study, researchers led by Professor G- uh, Kim Guntay at the Ulsan National Institute of Science and Technology, uh, abbreviated UNIST in South Korea, devised a system that generates electricity based on the electrochemical reaction between CO2 and water. To describe their technique in a nutshell, because this thing went into a lot of yeah. technical details that I am now going to gloss over, when the CO2 <laughs> is injected into the water, an electrochemical reaction is started, which eliminates the CO2 and creates electricity and hydrogen as like byproducts, basically. Yeah. But they like inject it into the water to do this. Huh. Um, the researchers reported a conversion efficiency of 50%, wow. which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, furthermore, their system can operate for more than 1,000 hours without damage to the electrodes, which are part of like the system setup. Uh, quote, this research will lead to more derived research and will be able to produce hydrogen and electricity more effectively when electrolytes separate our system design and electrocatalysts are improved. So like all the, all the components that they're doing with this right now are basically like prototypes and they feel like they could all be optimized and you right. get a lot more efficient of a system here. Um, yeah, this is like a proof of concept sort of deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It so sounds they, like it's a pretty they made a proof of, proof, yeah, proof of concept exactly. even, yeah. Um, so there, there's a pictures and stuff and all of the like technical details of how it works, but they're going to continue researching it and hopefully get something that's really e- efficient and practical. And that's really cool. Yeah. And then it's going to produce or it's going to help with like, I mean, cause it can take carbon emissions just, like out of the air, which is awesome. And then, yeah. That's and then, really uh, cool. Hydrogen can be used for like fuel also. So it's a double whammy. It's very interesting. That's pretty cool. 
I hope we, I feel like we're going to see more and more of this kind of thing as we realize. I think we, so too. As we realize we have to not to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. No, a, a lot of people are putting a lot of effort and time into like all these different alternative ways to yeah. use our environment for energy. So science. Woo! I, love I like science. science. I said I love science, so I guess I like science a little more than I, you. I also love science, but I said I like science, and now I don't know. You don't know how science feels about you. <laughs> <laughs> I like science as a friend. <laughs> uh, my last story is animal news. Which weirdly comes from Gizmodo. <laughs> okay. Uh, ancient shark with spaceship-shaped teeth named after vintage video game. Have you heard of the game Galaga? I have heard of that game. Uh, with, like, little spaceships and stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, a newly discovered freshwater shark from the Cretaceous period had teeth that resembled the iconic spaceship from the video game Galaga. So, oh. yeah, they, they, uh, they remi- the remains of the shark were found in the same pile of debris that contained Sue the T-Rex, which you might have heard of before. Um, it's the largest and most complete fossil of T-Rex that was ever oh, found. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's basically just this, like, this giant pile of debris that they found Sue in, and they decided wow. to take another look at this pile, and they happened to find these teeth. Um, and they uh, they named it uh, Galagodon, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, Nor- okay. Nordquiste, I guess is probably how you pronounce that. It's, it's named after one of the scientists who found it. Huh. Um, it swam in the Cretaceous rivers of South Dakota some 67 million years ago. There were South Dakota. There were rivers there, apparently. Huh. Um, in this time, um, it wasn't very big, measuring only around twelve to eighteen inches in length. So it was like a tiny little shark. Okay. Um, and it likely scoured the riverbed in search of uh, small fish, snails, and crayfish. Um, and the shark is related to the modern day carpet sharks, which are like those kind of flattish ones that like yeah. hang up on the bottom. Um, all that's left of uh, Galagodon are these two dozen tiny teeth. So there's not actually anything else for them to base this off of. Um, mostly they... because cartilage doesn't preserve as well as bone. Yeah. Um, but uh, they said they were able to infer the size, shape, and behavior of uh, Galagodon by comparing its teeth to those of similar shark species, both uh, extinct and extant. Um, so that like they're pretty much just basing this all like they know it's a new species because the teeth are different enough, and they know what kind of shark it was based on comparisons to other. Sharks. So I'm assuming they know it's a shark because they they can tell that it's shark teeth. Yes. Like they look a certain way. They yeah, they have okay. this like certain they, they compare to like the modern carpet sharks. Okay, okay. Um, but they're still like different enough that they know it's something new. Which it very cool. I mean it it's it seems almost like flimsy evidence, but like I I trust well, I trust these scientists yeah, on this. I I do too. Um uh and so you might have guessed, but Galagodon and T Rex were contemporaries, they were alive at the same time. Um, and the discovery of a freshwater shark in this part of the world, however, is challenging conventional thinking about the environment in South Dakota at the time. Hmm. Um, they knew that there were like shallow seas there, but the fact they found a shark um, suggests that somehow these seas were connected to the ocean itself. So it's like by a river or something so that sharks were able to like swim up hmm. into South Dakota and adapt to the to living in freshwater. Um, huh. So it, it's a new discovery and kind of turning, turning the head on like what they thought of South Dakota's environment at that time. That's really cool. I love, 
I love that. Like, I love finding out new things about how like the world was. Yeah. Like, I wonder. Sixties. Like, are there like maps of like the waterways of like where they think everything was at that time? Probably. I don't know. Yeah, they kind of they said in the article that they assumed that uh, Sue had like di- died near like a, a lake or something, and mm-hmm. this is kind of changing that. So I, I imagine they don't really have a good like. <laughs> they probably don't know well enough to make a map at this point, yeah. but. Maybe they maybe they'll be able to someday just from where they find fossils. Cause that'd be really cool. Yeah. It's just weird to think like of South Dakota as like that tropical is weird. almost. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. Wow. I love that we keep discovering new things about I know. the period of the dinosaurs and like it's it's so cool oh, that there's still awesome. stuff to discover. Yes. And I'm sure there's tons and tons more. Oh, I'm sure. Because it's all probably at the bottom of the ocean, which we yes, already we've we discussed don't, this. <laughs> we've discussed this. We don't know anything about that in like now times. Yeah. Much less like what's down there that like we've never we encountered before, like even fossil wise. Like we like, don't even know what we don't know. Exactly. At this point about the ocean. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. It's a whole new world. I will not sing the song, <laughs> even though I want to. It's all right. Okay. My next story is a random local news story. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Okay, this is from UPI.com. The owner of a $1.7 million mansion in Alberta is offering the home for a steeply discounted price, $25 (laughs) and an essay. (laughs) (laughs) Alla Wagner said her health problems are keeping her from properly maintaining the house in Alberta, so she decided on a creative way to choose the mansion's next owner. Wagner said she will bestow ownership of the house on the winner of a letter writing contest asking prospective new tenants to explain how moving into the lakefront house would change their lives. Entries must be accompanied by a $25 fee, Wagner said on the Facebook page you set up for the contest, which I looked up and read. And yes, this is a real thing. You can enter a contest to win a mansion in Canada uh, for a $25 entry fee, and you have to write an essay about why you should get this house, how it will change your life, and you could win, and you could win the house. That is, that's, wow, that sounds like the plot of, like, a Disney Channel original movie. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Like a teenager wins a house because they write a nice letter to, yeah. a, to a lady in Alberta. And then it's a smart house, <laughs> and then it attacks them. This, oh, is, wait. Smart, this is a smart house, too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, so the Facebook page is called Write a Letter, Win a House, (laughs) and the contest ends April 5th, and it's open to anyone. So, hey, yeah, I guess if you're looking to move. Yeah. If you wouldn't mind moving to Alberta. It's probably fine. It probably is, but it is a different country, so there's probably paperwork involved. Yeah, it'll probably end up being more than $25 total. (laughs) (laughs) To do this, but (laughs) if you want to try, give it a try. Yeah. 25 bucks. Yeah. Send a letter to this person. Yeah. If you win, let us know. We'll uh, report on you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a picture of the house I was going to show you, too. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's that's big. It, it, it's very big. Yeah. I, I get why she would want to not live there. There's like, there's three floors above ground. Right. And who knows so how many basements. Like, and it's, there's probably <laughs> two basements. Two who basements. Knows? The basement yeah, has a and basement. There's, a, it's, it, there's like a wraparound 
like porch too on the second floor too. So like there's like a balcony and like the whole house looks like it's like a wraparound. Anyway, it looks it's it really looks nice. Awesome. So you could win. You could. All right, now it's time for breaking news. The part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today and we read them to you on the fly. Ready, set, go! go. So I found this on CNN. Uh, newly discovered fossil reveals prehistoric platypus with unusually small eyes. Really? Yeah. I'm in How a, I'm in unusually a, I'm in a, small? <laughs> I'm in a fossil mood today. Um, so it's not really a platypus because it's actually a marine reptile. So it's not like, it's not a mammal. Oh, okay. But apparently uh, they uh, found a skull of this thing uh, that reveals that it had a bill made of cartilage, which I don't think the bill okay. was preserved, but they were to tell or something. I don't, or maybe, it, maybe something was preserved. They didn't specify. Yeah. Um, so it would have been an unusual creature. They creature. They said it had a small head, but even smaller eyes. <laughs> well, obviously, but like <laughs> in relation in to its, to its body, like uh-huh. they were like weirdly small. Um, its long body and tail were rigid, affording little flexibility. So it had four flippers to help it swim and steer much like a platypus. Okay. And it had 10 triangular bony plates running in a zigzag down its back, kind of like a stegosaurus. So it was just this weird, Whoa. like, amalgamation of different creatures um, like a modern day platypus exactly that's <laughs> so that's you can see where they got the comparison yeah um so it not only would its rigid rigid body and bony plates make it a poor swimmer but its tiny eyes probably meant that it hunted only by touch <laughs> so it's just like this kind oh. of hopeless weird thing just kind of flapping around in the water <laughs> that's really weird <laughs> With stegosaurus, like with stegosaurus spikes, on, the back spikes of it. on it for some reason. <laughs> um, so not only was it strange, but it lived during an interesting time after a mass extinction that occurred at the end of the Permian era, uh, two hundred fifty-two million years ago, uh, which was the most severe extinction event to happen in the history of Earth. Uh, and the our, the scientist behind said it wouldn't survive in the modern world, but it didn't have any rivals at the time because everything else had died. Oh, so that makes this, sense. Like, <laughs> it's this weird, not like survival of the fittest really didn't apply here. And it it's pretty obvious wow. why it's no longer with us. But yeah, they have <laughs> the concept art. I question who oh, I put see it, it I together, see it. but... <laughs> That's the concept. That's art? what they came up with, I guess. It's not very good. No, who drew this? This is Looks like, like a someone's ch- like a kid. Child like... Drew it, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what is that? That looks like it was made in like a '90s program. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like somebody just put something together in paint, and they like copied yeah. and pasted pieces of other animals. Um, why is it weird colors too? Like, I don't what? know. Like, like, I don't, you don't think it was green you and don't yellow. Know like. <laughs> Yeah, why would it be green and yellow striped? <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't make any sense. It's just strange. Okay, I won't we, look too much into the artistic rendering. <laughs> as bad as it is. All right, well, I wonder if the modern-day platypus is related to it or if they just, like, yeah, who knows? are sort of saying it's like that just because it's also it, a weird yeah, I think it's just combination a weird... of different creatures that had a bill. Yeah, I, I don't guess, know. Interesting. I don't know. Okay, well, my breaking news I found on Huffington Post... And do you remember that uh, picture that went viral of that suspect um, in Britain that looked like Ross from Friends? Yes, I do. (laughs) 
Well, apparently they actually have someone in custody um, that they think did that. And they are like the news media has released photos of him and he doesn't look anything <laughs> like David Schwimmer. That's the best. Anticlimactic. That's so funny. Like the whole reason that it got any attention is because everyone's like, he looks just like Ross. Right. Um, that's basically the whole story, but like he's been arrested, <laughs> he's been arrested and now like his picture is like being spread around and it's like, yep, yeah, that he doesn't look like Ross at all. Not, like everyone's not, like sharing pictures of like this guy next to David Schwimmer and it's just like, no, not even kind of close. No, it's not even close. <laughs> feel like it would have been really fun if he was like like a doppelganger that would have yeah that would have made that would have made for a more fun a more fun ending to this weird story right but alas it did not happen oh well anyway they found the guy so at least there's that yep okay that's our show thanks for listening everybody we post episodes every friday and as always the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description you can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever other podcast platform you want to listen on. Uh, and you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash knickknacknews and on Twitter at, at knickknacknews. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye. Uh, the recall comes after three complaints were made by consumers who found bits of food in the nuggets. Or bits of bits wood. Of what do you mean? <laughs> they found bits of <laughs> I'm gonna read because there was food. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna reread. I'm gonna re. I'm gonna reread that part.